Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself depending on the subject matter and your needs. Joshua B. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. On this edition of the show, where do you go when you dream? You know, recently, I posted an amazing picture on my Twitter account. And that's just at Joshua P. Warren. And even if you're not a member of Twitter, you can just type in my name, do a search for my name and Twitter, and you'll find pictures I posted there. This is a photograph that was taken by NASA in 1984 in outer space from a space shuttle above Earth. And... Uh, it's a beautiful color photo. And let me try to describe it for you if you haven't seen it. So basically, the bottom half of this photo shows a a large portion of the Earth from space. Okay, it's stretching all the way across the photo. And of course, the Earth has that, uh, um, that striking glowing blue aura all around it. And then the top half of the photograph is just blackness, the blackness of space. I don't know if you've ever been into a a cave on a tour. You go way down underground and they turn out all the lights. Uh, Back before people had cell phones and all that, let me tell you, that, that was as dark as it could get. So talk about a contrast here. The bottom of this, is a slice of the earth, the top of it, the infinite blackness of space. But right there in the middle of that blackness is kind of a little white speck. And if you look closer, you'll realize that that little white speck way out there is an astronaut all by himself, just floating way out there not connected to anything. And the caption says, perhaps the most terrifying space photograph around. Astronaut Bruce McCandless II floats untethered away from the safety of the space shuttle with nothing but his manned maneuvering unit keeping him alive. The first person in history To do so. So this astronaut, when you start looking closely, he's kind of sitting in what looks like mm, a semi chair. And he's got, you know, these little levers that he's using to sort of propel him 
to blow out gas here and there. And if that thing stops working, well, there's no way of rescuing him. That man, Bruce McCandless, was 47 years old when he did that. And can you imagine putting yourself in that position? Here is how he described this experience. He said, quote, I was grossly overtrained. I was just anxious to get out there and fly. I felt very comfortable. It got so cold, my teeth were chattering and I was shivering. But that was a very minor thing. I'd been told of the quiet vacuum you experience in space, but with three radio links saying, how's your oxygen holding out? Stay away from the engines. And when's my turn? He says it wasn't peaceful. It was a wonderful feeling, a mix of personal elation and professional pride. It had taken me many years to get to that point. <laughs> so you see how that NASA psychologically prepares these astronauts to do these insane things. They just, they, they, first they find people who are, have nerves of steel that just don't react to, to pressure the way the rest of us do. And, uh, I think those are, are born, not made. And, but then they, they take those people and they just condition them and condition them and condition them until finally they put them in these unbelievable positions. But it's, there's, they have so much to do and so much to think about, so many tasks going on that very seldom do they actually think about the, the risk that they're taking and the moment they're taking it. They're just staying on course. And that's a good thing, I guess, because otherwise people would never do this kind of stuff. And, and he, you know, he made it back just fine. Thank goodness. But really try to put yourself in that position, floating out there in space on your own like that with your life dependent upon this experimental man-made machine. And by the way, I was reading about all the people who have died on uh, on space missions, and apparently all the people who have died have died either on their way into space or uh, on their way coming back to Earth. So I don't believe that officially anybody has ever died in space. And then just sort of floated off forever. But obviously, we're, that kind of thing is going to, to happen more frequently once we start sending people out there to Mars and whatnot, I'm assuming. Uh, and so there is this just this is kind of morbid curiosity. There is this question about like, well, what exactly does happen? to you if you were to die in outer space would would you uh, would you explode uh you know would you just freeze would you mummify would you slowly rot you know what so i found this article i figured i'd share it with you and you'll see in a minute why i'm bringing up this this story in relation to my topic but it says you know it depends on the circumstances this is from scienceabc.com i'll give you a, a little bit of this article and it says, okay, here's the most basic scenario of dying in space. Let's just say you get simply jettisoned out of a spacecraft without a spacesuit. Well, first of all, you would have between 15 seconds and two minutes to live. That surprised me. Between 15 seconds and two minutes to live, during which time, the water in your body would begin to swell due to the lack of air pressure. And uh, let me pause and say, you know, I've done a lot of experiments with vacuum chambers. And if you put water in a vacuum chamber and you remove the air, the water starts to boil because it, it swells up like they're saying. It's a very weird thing. You can look into that. Um, so anyway, it says the the. The, wa the water in your body would begin to swell due to the lack of air pressure. If you held your breath, the air in your lungs would expand, rupture your lungs, and kill you quite quickly. If you did not hold your breath, you could remain conscious for up to two minutes. But almost instantly, the cosmic radiation would begin to burn your skin. But your death would most likely happen as a result of suffocation. 
says now a dead body on earth would begin to decompose as the bacteria in the air and within the body began the long process of breaking down. However, in space, there is no oxidation. So decomposition cannot occur before the body either freezes. If you are not near a source of heat or mummifies, meaning all the moisture will be sucked out of your body. So if your body was mummified, all biological processes would stop rather quickly, so there would be no further breakdown of your body. Both processes happen rapidly, but that frozen slash mummified corpse could potentially sail through the cosmos for millions of years before encountering another object or force that acted on it. Says if you're in a spacesuit, it's a little different. The suit will contain all the exhaled air from the astronaut, even oxygen, provided there is enough heat. Uh, death in a spacesuit wouldn't be that different from death on Earth. There may be some regular decomposition by the bacteria on and inside the body. Uh, says, you know, this would turn to fermentation. And so basically, like it says, you know, this would be kind of like some kind of rotting body floating around in a spacesuit, like a very slowly uh, rotting body. But they say eventually all the radiation around you would would begin to break down the material of your spacesuit. And, uh, you know, there would be a lot of pressure that built up. And finally, one day uh, the suit would weaken and it would probably just explode um. <laughs> now, why am I talking about this when I told you our topic is where do you go when you dream? Well, that's because as crazy as this sounds, I think I might be able to relate to this experience. Aha. Uh -huh. When we come back, I'll tell you what I mean. And I wonder if you can relate to this experience. <sighs> you know what? If you're new to this show, you should definitely make sure that you go to joshuapwarren.com. I have a new workshop here in Las Vegas, and I have some great stuff that I'm coming out with oh, over the next few months. Some of it is free. Some of it's not free. But the only way you'll know that some of it exists is if you go to joshuapwarren.com, take two seconds and sign up for my free e-newsletter. Just put your email address in the little bank there on the homepage. Hit submit. And then you'll instantly receive some free good luck charms and other digital gifts from me right there emailed to you. And then after that, I can keep you updated on everything I'm up to. And while, while you're there, check out the Curiosity Shop. There's a whole other world to be explored. And trust me, the show doesn't have to end when the podcast is over. There's no period after the P if you go to JoshuaPWarren.com. That's me. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And if you go and look at the Wikipedia definition of dream, It says, a dream is a succession of images, ideas, emotions, and sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep. Humans spend about two hours dreaming per night, and each dream lasts around five to 20 minutes, although the dreamer may perceive the dream as being much longer than this. Okay, but to show you how little apparently scientists know, it actually says this. I was really surprised to read this. Uh, it says, aside from the fact that they can tap into electrical impulses and all that, to be studied, a dream must first be reduced to a verbal report which is an account of the subject's memory of the dream and not the subject's dream experience itself. So dreaming by non-humans is currently unprovable. Did you hear that? Dreaming by non-humans is currently unprovable. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but I have watched dogs clearly dream where the dog is sitting there and all of a sudden its eyes kind of flutter and it's going and it's it's chasing something it's interacting with some other dog or something and you can obviously see that this dog is asleep but it's 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 having a dream and yet this shows you if indeed this is accurate just how far away we are scientifically from understanding the mind not necessarily the brain which is a physical thing so much as what that brain is channeling, the mind. 
And so when you start talking about dreams and dreaming, it becomes rather complicated because it, it's it's a lot a lot like all paranormal stuff. Many of these things like seeing a ghost. People say, is a ghost real? Well, a ghost is real, at least in terms of the human experience, because people see them. What they are is a different story, but ghosts are real. People see them. They experience them. They have these encounters. So I am an extremely vivid dreamer. I've talked about this to certain degrees for years, as long as I've been on the radio. And uh, the, and I'm not only a vivid dreamer, I'm telling you, like, I dream every single night. I remember many of my dreams, and I, I often lucid dream. And last night was one of those nights. But I, and I'm, I'm going to lead up to sort of my thoughts on what might be happening to you when, when you are sleeping and you have these dream experiences. And some of it may be a little frightening. So I must say that, uh, I, okay, I had an experience years ago that seemed like a dream at first, but, How do you differentiate between a dream that seems real to you and reality? It's like the Edgar Allan Poe quote, all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. And so how do you know the difference? How do you define reality? There's there's no scientific way for you to prove that you are not dreaming right now while you're listening to me and living at this moment, because at other times that you call a time you're having a dream, it may have seemed just as real to you and you didn't know. Okay. So obviously this is a philosophical rabbit hole, but the point is I I have dreams that sometimes I believe that these dreams are just as real, if not more real than this is. And I know that's there's no way to explain that unless you can relate to it. Sometimes when you're in a dream realm, that seems more real than this realm I'm in right now talking to you this moment. And in those times, I often fly. This happens to me a lot. I literally I, I realize I'm out of my body and I can fly around. And one time years ago. I, I, at first, I, I mean, here I was asleep and all of a sudden I realized I'm out of my body and I can fly. And I love that feeling. And sometimes it's a little frustrating because sometimes you kind of feel like you're swimming more than flying. It's like you're still having to move through some kind of a medium. You know, I'm not totally weightless like Superman, but I got some momentum behind me. And this was at night, you know, so I come out of my body and I'm, I'm looking down at my neighborhood and it's, uh, again, it's the middle of the night. You know, I see the typical street lights and stuff and I look up and I see the sky and I decide I'm going to go up and get a closer look at the stars. And I just head up and up and up as fast as I can. Okay. And every once in a while, I'm using my arms like I'm swimming up to the surface when I'm at the bottom of a pool, you know. And I go, I just keep going up and up and up and up and up. And who knows how, how long I did this. And finally I realized everything felt very strange and different. And then I looked down and the earth was this big blue ball underneath me. And I was filled with the most incredible terror I have ever experienced. And I looked around realizing that I was absolutely alone in this infinite. uh, (laughs) How do you describe that? How do you describe this this infinite blackness, uh, this ultimate mystery? I guess that's what William Shatner was talking about, you know, when he got a glimpse of that, when he went up into space and there was something terrifying. I felt so absolutely alone and out of place and I just panicked and as quickly as possible. I don't know what I did and how I did it, but I snapped back into my body and my heart was racing. And I said, that was the scariest thing, you know, that I've ever actually experienced. And I kind of, when I was talking in the past about some scary experiences I've had, you know, I didn't really bring this up because I can't prove to you that that was not just a dream, but what if it wasn't just a dream? This is like an astral projection kind of thing. When you fly up into space and you leave your body, 
Now, I've had other dream experiences I've talked about where I believe that um, it's been there's been some more objectivity there. Like, for example, one night I dreamed I got out of my body. I wasn't sure I was out of my body, but the world looked kind of surreal and, and odd. I've talked about this, uh, at least on my old podcast, Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I went to my front door and opened it. And there was this, what I call the bird god standing there, this glowing bipedal blue bird like thing. And this is way before I'd ever heard of blue avians or any of that kind of thing. And the bird god. And I think this was around like 2010, nine or 10. And the bird God had telepathically said something like, uh, the world's going to go through some big changes, but don't worry. You're going to be okay. You know, you're going to help us do something or some kind of like weird thing like that. And then the bird, and then, you know, the next thing I know, uh, the bird God is gone and I'm waking up and I don't know what to make of what just happened. The next day, Mobius contacted me and he said something like, did you see the big blue bird? And I'm like, what? Because it turns out that that night, this thing had also come to his house and asked him to tell me this message. And Mobius says, if I tell Joshua this, he's going to think I'm nuts. You got to go tell him yourself. And so this blue bird like being obviously came and, and I had that experience. Okay. Now I know this is super duper weird, but this show is called strange things. When Mobius told me that he had had that, that experience the next day or whatever. I mean, it's just like, it blew my mind. There's no way, there's no way that he would have known what I experienced because I hadn't told anybody about it. And I, I even interviewed him telling the whole story. But I think that sometimes, you know, if you are able to leave your body very fluidly um, and you astrally project, you may end up uh, either voluntarily or involuntarily being kind of what they consider abducted. And so what here's what happens to me often when I, I just I go to sleep and then all of a sudden I end up in a very lucid kind of dream and I'm always in some gigantic structure. And sometimes I actually go up to it, but it's it always seems like it's a huge building of some kind. Uh, I'm talking like the biggest. It's almost unimaginable. In fact, last night, what happened to me was I ended up flying out of my body. The next thing I knew, I was in this building that was kind of dark. It's always kind of dark. And, but it's so big. Um, it reminded me of like this huge, this impossibly huge, tall skyscraper hotel. And there are escalators with people going all over the place. And it was always, it's always very frustrating for me because I can never find my way around. And I can, I, I have a room here, but I can't find it. Somebody has to take me to my room when I need to go there. In the meantime, I get to fly around and all. Okay. So is, is, does this mean that I'm being astrally abducted sometimes? Um, okay. When we come back, let me tell you what I actually think about what what's happening here possibly okay I nobody knows for sure but let me give you my thoughts on what what's happening when you leave your body if you have these similar types of experiences you know is this a form of abduction or are you just out there flying around and if so are, are there dangers or is this whole thing a, a natural healing process and then we're going to get into some strange emails. <laughs> I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be back after these important messages. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. 
It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. As I get older, these kinds of dream experiences become more and more prominent and regular. And the more I learn to control them as well. I don't know why that is. It reminds me of what the Bible says. Acts 2.17. It just says, uh, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all your people. Uh, It says, Your young men will see visions Your old men will dream dreams. (laughs) Maybe I'm becoming an old man now. My beard is, it's white. (laughs) But, uh, okay, here's what might be happening here. Let's talk about the significance of sleeping and dreaming. And it is believed that if you go long enough without sleeping, you will go insane and then you will finally die. So, um, okay, in my opinion, and this is just best I can gather here, I think that three major things happen 
when you go to sleep in general. Your, we'll call it your spirit, your energy body slowly lifts from your physical body. It separates from the physical body so that during that period of time, the physical body can heal. So that means a lot of the resources that were being used up by the spirit body is instead being used to literally repair cells and do that business. Um, simultaneously, uh, this is the, the second thing. Here's what's happening to your, your spirit and mental sense. At that point, um, your memories and your experiences, uh, especially from that day or whatever, are getting sort of downloaded and processed and maybe even stored to something like the Akashic record. And when you're watching this happen, it can seem like a, a jumbled mess, a, a confusing thing, because you're not necessarily able to differentiate between the categories that you usually compartmentalize things in in your life. Uh, in other words, they say that the, the human mind cannot differentiate between what's real and what is imagined. Uh, you might not be able to tell the difference between a, a movie uh, and a song and what you did that day at work. It's all being just processed and a big one big sweeping mess. And that's why that you might watch a show about snakes on the Discovery Channel before you go to bed. And that night you dream about snakes. So like this is data being processed. So those, those are the first two things. Your, your spirit's out of your body, and so the first thing that's happening is your body's being physically healed because resources are being more focused on the physical. Your mental stuff is being downloaded, so you have all that kind of imagery. But here's the third thing. Because that you are separated from your body, then I believe that you in that state become more accessible to the spirit world. And at that point, other beings in the spirit world are able to see you perhaps when they ordinarily cannot, they can see you in that state. They can interact with you in that state. They can even abduct you in that state, abduct that part of you. There may even be beings that come there and feed off of you and try to tap into this dormant energy there as well. And they're like mosquitoes. These are dark things that you might almost think of as being demonic. So this is kind of spooky. But when you are in this more kind of vulnerable state where you are outside of the body, well, one of the good things is your deceased loved ones might be able to use this time to more easily speak to you, to come back and interact with you. During that time, you're also able to witness other dimensions because you're not distracted by the physical senses and the restrictions of the physical self. So you're able to witness other places out there with entire storylines and, and histories of their own and music and personalities and everything can seem ancient because the time itself is meaningless once you are removed from the point of view of the human body time itself is meaningless and you can feel the the infinity of the history of this place this dimension this world that you are visiting and that is why sometimes I feel like I'm in another land and it's full of people and events and music and culture that I could never possibly invent on my own. I'm witnessing something. I'm not creating it. I'm witnessing another place. And when we go to these other places, it is possible that we may even appear there as ghosts to them. Just as when they lay down to sleep and they slip around in these realities, maybe they sometimes pop up here as ghosts to us. We sort of visit each other and you're taking some risk when you get out like I do sometimes and just fly around and see what happens. <laughs> now, look, 
this is my feeling on what happens. Again, three things. One, your well, first off, your body lifts, your spirit lifts from your body. And it's, and by doing so, the three things are your body heals itself. Number two, your 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 mind and spirit downloads and processes everything that gets stored into again something like the Akashic Record. Number three, well, in the meantime, your consciousness gets to float around out there and have some adventures and get into mischief, and it can be good or bad. And then when the process is over, if your body doesn't get totally separated, then there's still something connecting you there. People talk about a silver cord or something like that. I have never seen a silver cord myself, but I've always felt like I was somehow still connected to the body. And then you can snap back into the body. Uh, if you have had similar experiences, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can relate to it. But I think especially this idea that space and time is flexible is important because we are able to uh, experience that in a more direct and genuine organic way when we are not looking at it from the, the perspective of the physical human existence. And when it comes to life, uh, being a, a, a flexible perspective, or, or, or let me put it this way, when it comes to life, being able to experience the flexibility of space-time, that's why I believe we're going to see more and more and more of these kinds of portals at certain places. And we might even create certain portals at certain places here around uh, around the world. And in fact, you know, my friend Ben Pavillon, who is with Chicago Ghost Hunters Group, he, um, you know, I met him years ago when I was going to Chicago doing speaking engagements. He recently came here and visited me in Las Vegas. And, uh, and Lauren and I, we went out with him and, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. And, um, we just, we ended up staying out about all night. <laughs> so didn't, I didn't feel so great the next day, but, um, nonetheless, while he was here, Ben, who, who is just, he's like me, you know, he's one of these guys. He, he loves to experiment with technology. He's got like Tesla coils and Van de Graaff generators and, he has this very scientific mindset, but he also ha is into like metaphysics and philosophy and fringe topics. And, you know, we, we, you should hear some of the conversations we have. He hooked up with Jason Sirachi and Jason took him out to the time warp one night. Just the two of them, you know, the spot north of Las Vegas on the way to area 51, where I, I documented time kind of slowing down. And afterward, Ben wrote me this report, and I figured I'd, I'd read to you what he said he experienced there, because I think he, he, he describes some really odd sensations in an interesting way. He said, the first thing I noticed was I could feel a change in the energy around me as we were about to arrive. And at that point of the drive over there, I had no clue how close we were. And Jason confirmed we were about to pull up. Now, mind you, we're talking about they're out in the middle of the dark desert. Okay. Everything kind of looks the same. He says, upon our initial arrival, Jason pulled out his various night vision cameras and proceeded to give me a tour of the area. We walked up a ways to place out some crystals that Jason had brought with him, and he was hoping it would help to manifest some type of activity. The interesting part is I found the walk back to our, as when I took the walk back to our original spot, I felt like I was swimming upstream and it seemed to take much longer to get back. Another very interesting thing I found about the place, I felt like there were time pockets is what I would call them. I could step into certain spots and it was dead silent, but a few feet over, I could hear bugs and other things. And when Jason had walked to his truck to get water, he couldn't even see me when I was standing in one of those time pockets. We had some decent moonlight and I could see details in the distance. However, I could not see him either. I finally had to turn on a flashlight so he could find me. We were both in shouting distance, so not that far away. And then he talks about some interesting anomalies. When we come back, I'll read the rest of this. And then I want to I want to get into an email a woman sent me where she was saying, "I think my husband might be a portal 
Huh? I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And yet, Ben, here he is out there at the time warp. And he steps in like some kind of pocket where he can't see Jason and Jason can't see him so Ben says I finally had to turn on a flashlight so he could find me and we were both in shouting distance not that far away and then he says there were some interesting light anomalies that were picked up by both night vision and the naked eye Jason thought due to the rain earlier we weren't seeing them as well as we normally would but 
I personally found it more interesting when I let my actual night vision, he's talking about his eyes, fully adapt versus using the cameras. Things seemed a bit more surreal when I was looking around. Ideally, wearing a body cam and having a tripod mounted in the distance with a good wide-angle lens, both of them time-synced, could yield some interesting results. And I'm going to send Jason some ideas for different experiments to try. He said, I did find it interesting how tired I felt afterward. My brain even felt a bit scrambled as well. He says, thank you so much for arranging that with Jason. This was an added bonus to the trip. Well, thank you for that report, Ben. And it was just wonderful to see you, my friend. And I'm so glad that Jason was able to take you out there. And that's why I want to make it clear. If any of you listening to this podcast are interested in being in the Las Vegas area, you can have Jason take you out to some of these places and show you what's up with the third gen night vision. Uh, Just go to VegasUFOs.com, VegasUFOs.com. And, uh, he's going to have some availability, I think, at least over the next couple of months to do that. You know, there are lots of interesting hot spots out there. And I, you know, I'm from Western North Carolina and Western North Carolina is actually known for some Bigfoot hot spots like Nobby, uh, as a Bigfoot type creature seen around, I think, Carpenter's Knob. One of the areas that's especially active is Madison County, North Carolina. That's right next to where I was born in Buncombe County. Madison is still a very thickly wooded, very rural place. And uh, I remember when I was growing up that people, uh, let's see, I, I, I would talk to researchers and I came across articles where they, this is documented, going all the way back to the 1700s. There are articles about pioneers being attacked by Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot type creatures. They call them chickly kudly, uh, which was a Native American term, uh, in that area around Bald Mountain and Madison County. And, you know, I've always known that there's a relationship between these cryptids and these kind of paranormal hotspots. Well, my mom and dad, uh, Daniel and Peggy Warren have always been very supportive of my paranormal interest and they themselves are interested in it. My mom, as you know, is more into like psychic and ESP kind of stuff. My dad is an outdoorsman and he, he's actually at this time in his life, he's uh, one of the best wood carvers, uh, probably in the country. He has sold thousands of walking sticks that he carves by hands and so uh, by hand. And he's so he's always going out into these, you know, thickly wooded areas. And he's he's talking to people who live there and he's trying to get, you know, wood to carve these sticks. And years ago, they found this place in Madison County, which is a Bigfoot hotspot. And they, they were wanting me to go out there and do an investigation so badly. And I actually did go out there one day, but this is when I was living in Puerto Rico and I just did not have the time and the equipment to go out there and spend a whole night. But they, my mom and dad had just been jonesing to go spend, you know, like a couple nights at this Bigfoot hotspot in Madison County. And I was kind of surprised when they contacted me the other day and they said, um, we, have permission from the owner of this property and it's a huge property out there where people are seeing all the the, not just bigfoot but other weird stuff and they said um we want to get some bigfoot hunters out there on saturday october 15th and sunday october 16th of 2022 and make an event out of it and see what they can find and i said okay well you have got to talk to christian mcleod okay you know christian mcleod the cryptid guy, right? Uh, he's the president of the American Cryptid and Paranormal Society there in Asheville, North Carolina. He's been a great friend for years. He's been all over international TV. He's been on Coast to Coast AM. And he, he is, you know, when it comes to Bigfoot, especially like he's the dude, you know, he, he lectures about it all the time. So I'm here in Las Vegas and I, I've got other things that, that I have, you know, like obligations for October. I can't make it back, 
uh, to Western North Carolina. But my mom and dad have teamed up with Christian and they're going to let people go out there for those two nights, uh, October the 15th and October the 16th of 2022 and have this Bigfoot hunt. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how many they're going to allow, but if you're interested in doing it, uh, look, I would love to hear about your experiences. Um, if here's how you find out all the details, I believe if you go to cryptidguy.com, that's, uh, one of the ways of reaching Christian site, C-R-Y-P-T-I-D, cryptidguy.com. You'll find a link there, or you can just email my mom, and her email address is ridgehoppers at gmail.com. And that's uh, R-I-D-G-E-H-O-P-P-E-R-S, ridgehoppers at gmail.com. And you can get the details. And obviously, you know, again, there's not a lot of space and this is only for, uh, ages 18 and up, but I can't wait to see what they find out there, uh, October 15th and 16th. Bigfoot hotspot retreat, uh, search, hunt, call it what you will in beautiful Madison County, North Carolina. Uh, portals of all kinds are out there and I got this email and I, I was going to tell you the woman's name, but I reread this and I thought, you know what? This may be a little too personal. So I don't feel comfortable giving her, her name, but here's what she wrote. She says, I'm curious about your thoughts on people becoming portals. I ask because I believe my ex-husband has become one. When he was nine years old, he was severely burned over 40% of his body. In the hospital, he was over-sedated and told he nearly died. So more or less a near-death experience. Since that time, he would have what he described as sleep travel or night terrors while we were together. And he, and as he would experience this, a lot of strange things would happen in our home. Electronic devices would go on and off without being touched. And one time, the heater in our fish tank was turned up so high, all of a sudden, it just killed our fish. He would describe his travels as going somewhere he did not recognize and battling a faceless entity. She says, what are your thoughts? Well, you know what? Here's what I wrote back. I said, I believe that all humans are portals, which is what I call the wormhole brain, and that painful experiences sometimes enhance the portal's strength. You know, I've talked before about look at a black hole, a picture of a black hole. We've got one now. And look at a picture of a human eye. I mean, there are a lot of similarities there. And that's what, you know, I wrote about this in my book, The Secret Wisdom of Kukulkan, which you can download instantly if you go to the curiosity shop at joshuapwarren.com. And by the way, you know, this podcast is free. So if you love it and you want to keep, you know, supporting us, go there and uh, go to that curiosity shop and just buy something as a gift for somebody that will surprise them. So I, you know, I'm, I believe that humans, all humans are portals and some are stronger portals than others. Uh, how do you feel about that? When we play tones and that kind of thing, I also believe it enhances that. Uh, it, you can expand it. You can exercise it. I'm going to be producing more and more tones and like self hypnosis tracks and things like that, that I put out there for free. If you subscribe to my uh, newsletter, or if you go to my uh, Twitter feed, you'll find, I posted on August 14th of 2022, a free self hypnosis track called all things are possible. Um, go, go listen to that. But for now, kick back. If you can close your eyes. Relax, and let's all listen to the good fortune tone.
That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at joshuapwarren.com i have a fun one lined up for you next time i promise so please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule thank you for listening thank you for your interest and support thank you for staying curious and i will talk to you again soon You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.